Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, Chief Commerce Strategy Officer and Publicist, and Scott Wingo, CEO of Get Spiffy and co-founder of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 317 being recorded on Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason and Scott Show listeners. Jason, we've been talking about ARVR since before shop.org changed its name. And did you get a Vision Pro and how is it? I did not. I feel like I've let you and our listeners down. I desperately wanted to lie and say that we were recording this episode through our joint Vision Pros. I did I did go do a demo and it it seems super cool. I am sorting through my my highly poor vision to see what sort of corrective lenses I'll need to put into the thing to to pull the trigger. I heard yours has arrived though. Yes. Mine actually just came hours ago here to Jason and Scott, North Carolina headquarters, and it is sitting in a box staring at me. And I figured I would not get the show notes done if I started playing with that. So that's going to be my weekend fun that, that I'm going to work on. So yeah, I'll I feel like back on all of us that love you are, are slightly sad because we've seen your, your real eyes for the, probably the last time in a long while. <laughs> that is true. Yep. Yep, these baby blues are going behind the goggles. And I'm going to drive. The uh, first thing I do is get in my car and drive. That seems to be what everyone does on Twitter. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that sounds wildly safe. Yeah. I was, well, you can see right through them. So it's totally fun. Yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, everyone. Do not do that at home. And if you do, blame Jason. Yeah. But again, the Tesla is perfect self-driving anyway. So why, why would it even matter? It's like, I feel like you have multiple layers of AI overlords protecting you, Apple and Tesla. What could go wrong? Yeah, it is not perfect by any means. Yeah. Yeah. I am glad we caught you. I feel like there, there's been a lot of travel and it's, I know you, you have kind of stepped away from the hustle bustle, but I'm right in the middle of a retail trade quarter. Trade yeah. Quarter. Yeah. How's that going? You did. So we haven't been able to catch up since you've done NRF. I saw you were like posting like a wild man. Seems like you had a very active big show. How was that? Yeah, it was pretty good. I would say big show is definitely back. It was the largest attendance ever. There were over 40,000 people. So it was very robust. A lot of good, good uh, conversations. I, I do have a lot of content out there. If anyone wants a deep dive recap, you, you can go, go find my recap on YouTube, but maybe we'll talk more about it later because we have such a meaty episode just talking about Amazon. But last week I got back from like, frankly, a more fun event than big show. Our, our friends at commerce next have a new show that they call their digital leader conference. And it's kind of a small little gathering of like 50 digital leaders at a resort in Del Mar, California, exactly where I grew up. So. I went and drank wine and talk shop with a bunch of folks and the, the Commerce Next team in San Diego and had a great time. Nice. Did you have some say in where it was hosted? You're like, hey, how about I did not. Uh, I think people were tired of hearing me say this, but this is like a Fairmont resort. It's gorgeous, but it was built on like what used to be 
like these trails behind my high school. And I kept, you know, uh, regaling everyone with how I probably thrown up all over this, this facility from all the, the runs our soccer coaches used to make us do there. Nice. That's a good pitch. That's yeah, a nice visual for good, all our good, our uh, good soil podcast listeners. <laughs> Uh, and then I have two shows coming up. So the end of this month is Etel West, which is usually a pretty good show in Palm Springs. We'll probably be uh, corralling a couple interesting podcast guests uh, from that show. And there's kind of a, a shop.org board reunion there. There's like, there, there was an actual shop.org board reunion that you and I missed that was last month, but there's like six, six former board members will be at Etel West. So we're going to. We're going to get together and have a little catch up there. And then a less than a month after that is our shop talk in Las Vegas. Fun. Yeah. Have you had an uh, opportunity to see the sphere yet? I have. I have. I have not been ah, okay. in the sphere, but I have ah. I have gone by it. Hopefully I'll be prominently featured on it for shop talk. Seems like that would be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Get a picture of you on the sphere and then go inside. Everyone says it's an amazing show inside of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to check it out when time permits. Yeah. Cool. Are you speaking at either of those or just all of participating? Oh, wow. Are you, seems like a part of your your 2024 New Year's resolution is to talk about Xi'an and Timu. Are you going to be doing that that whole uh, dog and pony uh, over there? Or? Neither of my sessions are specifically on that. I'm sure I I'll be talking about it a lot in the hallways. It's coming up a lot. It's probably, spoiler alert, going to come up again in this Amazon earnings call. <laughs> yeah, and we've got the Super Bowl. This is like we're annualizing the big Timu reveal. And so it'll be interesting to see if they, I guess they've actually said, I think I saw oh, an they article have. that yeah. said they're they coming back them. in a big way. So Yeah, they bought a second ad, so they, yeah. will, they will be Ooh. back on a few retailers. Have you seen, have, have, uh, have you seen like a super secret version? Uh, I cannot um, say. Oh, okay. Ooh, ooh, okay. Ooh, all right. Exciting. Well, it would not be a Jason Scott show without some Amazon news. And this whole episode is essentially Amazon news. We are going to do a Amazon fourth quarter earnings deep dive. Amazon news. Your margin is their opportunity. That's right. On February 1st, Amazon announced their fourth quarter 2023 results. The setup coming into this one was we had Microsoft announce really solid cloud results that was largely driven by AI. People are moving their workloads to Azure, and they are doing that to get their data over. And due to Microsoft's partnership with OpenAI, that has been a really nice big draw for their cloud offering. Then we had Meta announce, the artist previously known as Facebook, and they had tremendous ad performance, largely driven by AI. Long-term listeners will remember Jason and I, I'm pretty sure, were some of the first to call the impact of this thing called ATT and IDFA. Am I remembering that? Those, those you right. nailed them, yeah. Um, yep. And that just really, that was like, what, four years ago, three years ago? That walloped Facebook, Snap, and all these these companies that, that their ad system relied on cookies and third-party data. A Facebook... Facebook slash Meta has kind of come back from that, and they credit it to AI systems they've used that have really driven the optimization of their their advertising products and made the targeting basically nearly as good as it was when they had more precise targeting. Then, then Google was kind of like had a, a bit of a rough patch there. They 
I think it's hurting them. They don't really disclose much about YouTube and it probably did okay, but their ads were kind of flat and their cloud computing did not see the benefit that, that Microsoft did. And there's growing concern. There's more and more folks and some data coming out that shows that people are starting to use AIs for interesting searches versus Google. Uh, I do find we were talking about it before we got uh, on here. I am using it more and more. For example, I was telling Jason, I found, you know, open AI slash chat GPT announced this little, it's not a store, but a, you know, add-ons or like almost like an app store, but it's called GPTs. And I found one that enables me to load a bunch of PDFs on a common topic and then just like ask chat GPT about it. And yeah, so, so I found I'm using it more and more for informational queries, uh, just generally. And then also for things like that, like research for work and, and for the pod. And so I think, I think there's a growing concern that Google is watching this AI thing kind of like run away from them. And there's growing talk that they're stuck in an innovator's dilemma. So that was, that was the setup. And the market was kind of nervous coming into Amazon earnings because, you know, a big chunk of Amazon is the cloud, which is their AWS segment. And then folks, you know, we really didn't have any great idea how their holiday sales were. And then last, you know, that Google piece made people a little nervous about the ad business, which has become almost a third leg to the Amazon's tool. So, and then as you keep kind of uh, pointing out, Timu and Shein are just like really on the rise. And could they, you know, you also have said, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've said, you know, you don't think they're being impacted by it too much. That it's some other folks, uh, but you know, there's definitely overlap there. So people worried, are those those up and rising stars going to be the Grinch? So we're going to walk you through that and peel the onion. We're going to start with the big picture, and then we're going to go into how the retail, offline and online did, and then marketplaces, cloud, AWS. And, and you know that's where we'll talk about AI. You, you can't talk about anything now without talking about AI. So we'll hit that. And then Amazon ads, and then kind of finish up with how Amazon guided to next quarter, which will be Q2, Q1 of 2024. Anything you want to add in that setup before we jump in? No, I think you've queued it up well. I'm eager to hear how Amazon did. Yeah, well, it is what in the Wall Street world we would call a beat. So they, you know, back in Q3, they set you know some guidance and they, they, they beat that on the top and bottom line very handily. And then I would call it a raise. It was kind of a slight raise. They raised the range. Amazon has gotten very good, especially in the Jassy era of not getting too ahead of their skis on expectations. So, but now that we're, you know, a fair amount into the Jassy area, Wall Street's starting to get his numbers. So now Wall Street's not really believing the guidance. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon that we'll talk about when we get to that part. But that's, you know, if we were going to characterize it, it was a win and a win. So it was a win on the past quarter, which is Q4, and it was a win going into Q1. And, you know, Amazon, historically, if you've been following it as long as Jason and I have, they go through these periods of what I call invest and harvest. So they'll invest and invest and invest. And everyone's like, gosh. And then people think, all right, there's no way this thing's going to be either profitable at all or as profitable as it once was or whatever it is. They start to lose faith. And then Amazon goes into a harvest phase and then they just print money and it always surprises people and they're able to do that. And that's what, what, what this quarter really is kind of the, the, 
the output of focusing on that a lot in 2023, where they kind of had this post COVID hangover. They had overbuilt a bunch of stuff and now it feels like they have righted that. They've stopped a lot of the things that ja- since Jassy came in that maybe were investment areas that they shouldn't have been investing in. And, and they've, they've gotten a lot of discipline on expenses and that has turned out really well. So the way those numbers work is revenue came in at 170 billion and Wall Street had 166 billion. So that's a beat of a mere 4 billion, which is, you know, very good. That represents 14% year over year growth. Operating income came in at 6.1%, which is the highest since 2019. So, you know, they're, they're kind of back in, you know, pre COVID shape, if you will, and, and doing better than pre COVID. So that's good to see. Operating income came in at 13.2 billion and Wall Street had 10.4. So this was a pretty big beat. It's only 3 billion ish, but you know, that's a 30% beat. So that's a, that's a nice win when you can deliver 30% more profit than Wall Street's looking for. So all that was really good. So Jason, how did you think that the retail and offline slash online parts of the business did? Yeah. Well, it was certainly a good part, you know, reminder, Amazon reports their online sales, which is a global number, and Amazon's in a different set of countries than anyone else. So you almost can't compare it to any other retailer because there's no retailer that does business in the same geographies as Amazon. And that online stores has their first-party sales in it, and it has just the profit from their their third-party sales in it. So it's not a real GMV number, but that that number was... Over 70 billion, like 70.5 billion versus 68.6 billion. So that was up 6%. That was a beat for Wall Street. Physical stores were 5.1 billion, which is slightly down. So that was one of the few misses in there. But what I suspect most of our listeners are in more interested in is if you convert the all those sales into a GMV number and you strip out just the US so you can kind of compare it to other US retailers, what does that look like? And there's there's a number of different estimates out there. One that we pulled was was Citibank's, which so the Citibank estimate for total GMV for the year was nine hundred and four billion dollars. The U.S. portion of that would be like six hundred and fifty nine billion dollars, and that implies that the the third party sales were particularly profitable. So I'll call that a optimistic estimate. And then Marketplace Pulse did an estimate using a much more conservative figure for how profitable third-party sales that was largely based on the the one year Amazon really told us what the numbers were, which was 2018, right? And so, so based on those kind of 2018 ratios, Marketplace Pulse estimated that global GMV is about 700 billion, US GMV would be 510 billion. So that's up. If we take that conservative number, the the 510 billion, that would be up 9% from the previous year. All of retail in the United States grew 3.6%. So 9% growth for for you know one of the, the largest retailers in the market is terrific. We'll talk a little bit more about what that might mean, but they also they had some other interesting successes in the retail business. They talked about the, the it was their fastest speed of service ever. So, you know, we've talked in previous quarters about how they really shifted from a, a national fulfillment network to these regional fulfillment models so that packages would be staged closer to the consumers that bought them. And they said this 
quarter that 7 billion packages, or I'm sorry, for the whole year, 7 billion packages were delivered next day or same day. A billion packages were delivered same day. And there are now 110 metro areas in the United States that get same day delivery. So I still talk to other retailers all the time that talk about competing with Amazon's offer. And they always talk about two-day delivery. And the reality is that's not the Amazon offer anymore. They're, they're same day in 110 metros and they delivered seven billion dollars, seven billion packages in, in zero to one days. So speed of service, super impressive. And while they got faster, they also got more efficient. So for the first time since 2018, they actually reduced their cost to serve the total cost to get a package to a customer. And so in the U.S., they said the cost to serve went down by 45 cents a, a, a package. So that's a pretty meaningful cost reduction. Volume went up, which sometimes makes it easier to be cost efficient. But, you know, to actually get better service and lower your cost at the same time is a an impressive feat and a big win for Amazon, which, you know, probably contributed a lot to that particularly high operating income, which I'm not sure if you mentioned, but I think that's the, the highest operating income they've ever announced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's pretty good. They're actually profitable now. Just yeah. kidding. They've been profitable a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of our, our friends that don't think Amazon's profitable, the, so overall you have to call that, that a really good quarter on the the retail sales side, Scott, did you kind of um, do a deeper dive in how much of that was the marketplace versus 1P? Yeah. the It was interesting. You read your GMV data and Scott Devitt, he, he's at Wedbush now. He's a longtime friend of the pod. He he also put out his number and he came in around that market pulse side. So more like the $700 billion combined. Are, those numbers are 1P plus 3P? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And global. Yeah. So he was in the same zone. And what I found was interesting is because we're heading into 24, he pushed his forecast for GMV. He's the only one I've seen that forecast GMV. And it's obviously driven from like the revenue. So it kind of takes the revenue growth rate and uses that to kind of like get to the growth rate of GMV. But he pushed it out to 2025. And then if I push it out one more year, just kind of using the same, what I think he's doing, it crosses a trillion dollars. If you could wrap your head around that. I remember... You and I, one of the first discussions we ever had was about this frustration that people didn't understand this GMV thing and they were underestimating. You know, they you'd see these charts that showed maybe Amazon never catches up to Walmart. And at that point, yeah, Amazon was at a hundred billion and Walmart was at four hundred loosely. Maybe that's the ex-grocery. I can't remember the specifics. This is going back like seven, eight years. And now we're at a point where not only have they crossed them from GMV perspective, but even revenue is crossing Walmart or very close to it. And there's a shot at a trillion dollars of transactional flow going through Amazon between 1P and 3P. That's pretty, I, I that's crazy. Like, and it makes sense. You drive around anywhere. All you see is Amazon last mile delivery and long haul van, you know, trucks. There's, there's just like the economic impact of what they're doing is monumental. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember when the first e-commerce sites sort of passed the billion dollar mark and, and how amazing that felt. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> now, thing could work. This yeah. thing has legs. Exactly. They thought we were crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, normally the narrative is all oh, this retail stuff loses money, but that's okay because AWS is so profitable. And if if there was like any sort of cautionary tale in this earnings call at all, I would say it was AWS. 
the growth was decent, right? Like what the, I think the, the estimates were 11 to 15% and they came in right in the middle of that, like 13%. Mm-hmm. But the operating income actually went down slightly. So like that, that is a mild concern for, for some folks. If you, if you kind of convert AWS to a, the last, the trailing 12 months of revenue at, at their, I want to say it's like 24% or 24.1% gross margins. You generate about 40, uh, $21 billion in, in operating income from AWS. So that, you know, 20 billion here, 20 billion there, it starts to add up. But as, as I quickly checked that, that's significantly less income than, for example, the ads business probably generated for them. So it's a good business. They are growing slower because they are the biggest player. They are growing slower than their competitor, certainly than Microsoft. And it, and it, in their, their profitability did slightly tick down. So, um, but on the exciting side, they talked about a lot of the, the AI workloads that were moving to, to AWS and what a headwind that is. And one of the, the workloads they announced is Rufus, which is, a e-commerce search engine that runs on Amazon. So, so that, that giant text box that we're all used to for finding our products and that's helping you find what, what SKU to buy amongst the 800 million SKUs available on Amazon is now uh, rolling out a much smarter generative AI amenity that can help, help you find products with much more sophisticated searches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I have not seen any screenshots of it or anything. Have you? I saw a demo. I have not seen it in the wild yet. You know, they're not the first mover here, right? Like Instacart adopted a, a version of OpenAI uh, pretty early. Walmart w- rolled it out in their iOS app at CES a few weeks before Amazon. And so it, it's it's funny, like, you know, Amazon, there are some rumors that some of the AI tools in, in Amazon aren't performing as well in internal tests as, as people would like. So, so there's, there's some concerns about that, but what we'll probably have to do a deeper dive on another show is this whole interesting thing as all the text boxes that you can enter text in and e-commerce are moving from keyword searches to these AI engines, customers have to relearn how to use them. And right now they're not right. And so, you know, you go to the Walmart app and, you know, it's a generative AI search engine, but you still type the same, same, you know, basic keywords in that you always have. And so I'm kind of interested in the long run. Is that really where the AI is going to live in these e-commerce sites? Or will we have, you know, sort of a different amenity for doing these, these more intent-based searches than we do for the, the keyword searches? Or will people just learn how to use them different? I don't know. It's a, it's a TBD thing as the, the world evolves right now. Yeah. But you also alluded to the ads business. That was definitely another bright spot. They sold $14.7 billion of ads, which was above the Wall Street estimate. It's a 27% growth year over year. And so if you look at the trailing 12 months, that's like $30 billion, $27 billion in ad sales. If you look at a run rate, if that fourth, fourth quarter number were to go four consecutive quarters, it's a $58 billion run rate. So they are, they're like a clear third largest digital ad platform in the United States and, and rapidly gaining ground on, on the other two. 
And the most conservative estimate I've ever seen for this business is that it's 60% gross margin. At 60% gross margin, over the trailing 12 months, that the, the ads business contributed $28 billion in operating income to Amazon versus the $21 billion for AWS. So, so ads was $7 billion more profitable than, than AWS over the last 12 months. Yeah, that would be net margin, I think you meant to say. Yeah, sorry. And yeah. then, yeah. And then fun fact, they also announced this little thing <laughs> called Prime Video Ads, which, you know, is a huge new source of revenue for, for them. And that is expected to tack on another like six and a half billion over the next 12 months or 24 months. So, so like there's, there's a lot of upside still in the ad business for Amazon. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Back on marketplaces, I skipped a couple data points because I oh. was so excited about the trillion dollars. The as far as the quarter, they they kind of have a couple of things that they report on. A, you know, the GMV we 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 talked about analysts have to kind of back into, and they use this one data point to kind of triangulate. The things they do tell us is there's this piece called third party seller services, and that's basically you know where they make money from Prime and other things of that nature, and that grew twenty percent year over year, beat estimates. It was everyone was thinking forty two billion, and it came in at forty three and change. And then the other thing they tell us is units, and that's tricky because you don't know the relevant price of a third party unit and a first party, so you can't just assume it's sixty one percent of revenue. That that's a little trick in there. That that's that's why the analysts have to do some different math to get in there. But third party was sixty one percent of units in the fourth quarter last year. You have to look at year over year because of the seasonality. It was fifty nine, so that's up two percent. So more and more products that they're selling are third party, which is you know just juices their margins that much more. Yeah, just looking um, at the Citibank model for that, Scott, it would be seven globally. It would be like seventy one percent of total GMV is third party. Yeah. Yeah, by revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Cause first party back when I was modeling this, I've, I've since abandoned that because uh, the wall street guys do a better job than I ever could. Their spreadsheets I, are a lot would, prettier for sure. Yes. It, it was, it was similar, you know, kind of, it would add about 10 points because the AOV on first party is relatively low compared to third party because of all the books and digital little things that they have that are, you know, a dollar here, a dollar there kind of things. Okay, so then we go into next year with the guidance, and they guided the top line, 138 to 143. This was Wall Street's consensus is in the middle, but they really raised the top end of this, and it gives us a growth band of 8 to 13%. And what's happened in the JASI era is it either comes in right at the top or a notch or two above. So Wall Street thinks that you know while the midpoint was aligned with what they're thinking, they, they, many of them have bumped up their their models to the 143 and that redo that that and then also the similar kind of situation on operating income amazon raised it a, a fair amount more and then what that did is it increased the price targets and you know the stock has been on a really nice tear since earnings thanks to this and i think you know aws wasn't what everyone wanted to see but it it reaccelerated growth which folks wanted to see and it doesn't feel like they're losing ai i do think microsoft's got more buzz but at least they're in the game. Whereas I think people are starting to worry. Google's not really Google's talking a good game with Bard and, but they're really slow to put stuff out. Like, you know, they announced this, what is it? Ultra version. Bard has three flavors. 
And, you know, they're way behind on each one they've announced. They're behind weeks or months on. And then the last one is like really taking a long time. So everyone's like really starting to worry about Google's ability to execute quickly. And, and, you know, so, so I would say the winners of this earnings season were definitely Meta, Amazon, Microsoft up in kind of a league of their own. And then Google and some of the others, I think Snapchat, I don't follow them as close, but I think they had a really rough quarter. So there's definitely an interesting AI has thrown a whole new mix into how these big, you know, either trillion dollar mega super mega caps are doing or, or Meta's not in that discussion. It's a little bit smaller, but these these big some people call them the significant seven. And they when they say that on CNBC, they're throwing NVIDIA in there and a couple others. But, you know, AI has just changed the game in the last year. It's been amazing. Yeah, for sure. And they, you know, along those lines, they also announced a bunch of sort of AI driven new inventions at Amazon. So we, we talked a little bit about Rufus. They, they have part of that reducing that cost of service. They have a lot of smarter robots in the fulfillment centers that are like interfacing with humans more and doing more stuff like that. And I saw they had one, one AI innovation right in your space, right? Like they're using AI to inspect all the Amazon vans and uh, identify any service needs before the vans break down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these these last mile vans are, they get pretty beat up, as you can imagine. I'm sure, you know, being in Chicago, you, you see how they can, they can be pretty bunged up and all kinds of things happen. So, you know, they, it's interesting. I've been to tour several of these because we work on them at my day job, Spiffy, and it's pretty wild. We don't have time to go into it. Maybe we could do a whole pot on it, but... Anyway, they they line them up and drive them through a single area, and they have this like arch of cameras that they put them through. And I imagine that's what that system is. It's it's using this kind of three hundred, almost like a ring of cameras that the vans drive through, and they must be using the the AI to detect what's going on there. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, anything else jump out at you on specific on the Amazon earnings? Because I wanted to take a last minute to kind of put these Amazon earnings in context for the rest of us retail, but I want to make sure I didn't miss anything you wanted to. Yeah. One last thing in my little auto world that I live in now, they kind of made a a almost, you know, I haven't seen a lot of buzz about it. I know you work a lot with the auto companies, so you're, you're, you're probably getting some feedback on it, which is why I'm kind of curious, but they announced Hyundai is going to start selling cars on Amazon. And for a long time, everyone's thought Amazon would maybe compete with Carvana or buy Carvana, some of Carvana's Carvana's used cars and they're so it's like e-commerce for used cars. And a lot of Carvana's competitors, Vroom and Shift, have kind of hit the skids and actually are out of business now. And some people thought Amazon would buy them, but it looks like they're actually going to, you know, be maybe an ad unit or a showroom and then send, you know, you could transact on Amazon or start your transaction on Amazon and then go to the dealer. So that has been, you know, there's a lot of buzz in my world around that. And, you know, we keep hearing many more OEMs are coming and the dealers are, the Hyundai dealers I've talked to are very excited about this and expecting, you know, a kind of a different customer than they're used to. And there's some prime tie in there too, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So, so it's going to be interesting to see, Amazon has their eyesight on this auto category and they're doing more and more in there and it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Oh, for sure. I, I have this giant deck of industries where the leaders in the industry would say like, oh man, e-commerce is amazing in these other industries, but here's why it will never be relevant in ours. <laughs> and I think, I think the car industry is the, the, the one that this is playing out in right now that, you know, they, they used to all say like, oh, there's never going to be 
e-commerce people want to go to the dealers and drive it and there's three-tier distribution and all these things and it'll never happen and you know now it's it's certainly happening yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting to see that fun times so i just want to put all this in a little bit of context so before the pandemic retail in the united states of america grew very consistently 4.1 percent a year with you know some very minor deviations but that's that's kind of what you, you expected just from normal inflation and the growth in the population, 4.1% a year. So then the pandemic happens. We mail out a couple trillion dollars in economic stimulus. We lock everyone in the house so they can't spend as much money on services. And we had the three greatest years in the history of retail. We grew 7.7% in 2020. We grew 13.6% in 2021. That's the best year of all times. And we grew another 8% in 2022. So those were those three crazy outlier years so the end of 2022 comes and everyone's like, what's 2023 going to look like? We just had these three years that were more than double the industry average. The NRF came out early in the year and said, hey, we're forecasting four to 6% growth. So bottom end of their range would be average. 6% would be, you know, sort of halfway to the, to those last three years. So we now know what actually happened and we came in at 3.6% growth. So missed the NRF estimate, missed the, traditional average. It, it's a down year. And this is $5 trillion is the total sales. So missing by half a percent is pretty meaningful. So all of retail grew 3.6%. If you convert that into a number, that's $180 billion more stuff we sold in 2023 than we did in 2022. And the numbers I'm using for all this are retail without auto or gas in it, just because that it's what the NRF calls core retail, and it's kind of Amazon doesn't sell a lot of cars or gas yet, right? So so Amazon grew 9%. If we use that conservative GMV number for the U.S., that means Amazon alone grew 43% last year, $43 billion last year. So Amazon alone was 24% of all retail growth in the United States of America. And they're the first or second largest retailer in the country, and they grew a quarter of all growth, which is pretty phenomenal. Walmart also wildly outperformed the industry. They grew and they're, they won't announce their Q4 till for a couple more weeks, but assuming they, they have like hit the low side of all the estimates. So only 4% growth in Q4, they'll, that, that'll bring them in at 6% growth for the year. That means they grew by $29 billion which is 16% of that total growth last year. Then I keep talking about Timu and Shein. Timu uh, only grew 3,100% last year, <laughs> which is a pretty good growth rate. So they, they contributed $9.3 billion in growth, 5% of the total. And Shein grew 30%. So they contributed another $7 billion in growth, 4% of the total. So you just take those four retailers, Amazon, Walmart, Timu, and Shein, that's half of all U U.S. retail growth last year. So those four companies had a terrific year, but they essentially left crumbs for the rest of the retail industry. And what without those four companies is pretty much a, a Debbie Downer year. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing share there. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's just so weird to see the biggest two retailers in the market, Amazon and Walmart, growing faster than like almost anyone else. That, that to me is a, a very anomalous circumstance that you, you don't normally see. 
There is this super interesting horse race. Who is the biggest retailer in the U.S.? And the the sort of unfortunate answer is it depends a little bit on how you count because you, you've got Walmart's total U.S. GMV, which we also don't know, by the way, because the, there now is a, a meaningful marketplace at Walmart, not as meaningful as as Amazon, but like, you know, Walmart doesn't disclose its actual GMV, but Walmart also has Sam's club. And so if you, if you take just Walmart's GMV and shoot, I thought I had the number in front of me, but now that I'm talking about it, I of course don't, but I, from memory, it was about 442 billion last year would be my estimate for their GMV after they announced their Q, their, their Q4. And so that would be lower than the, even the conservative estimate for Amazon's U.S. GMV. If you add Sam's GMV in the U.S. to Walmart's GMV in the U.S., Walmart gets to about $520 billion. So that would be above Marketplace Pulse's estimate for Amazon and below Citibank's estimate for Amazon. So no matter how you count, these two companies are very close. A few years ago, you and I were talking about Amazon being close to Walmart if you take grocery out, which grocery is 60% of Walmart sales. But now we're, we're in a year where Amazon may have passed Walmart, but it, however you count, it's very close. And, you know, they're, they're obviously continuing to grow faster than Walmart. So if it wasn't 2023, it likely will be 2024. That's the year that, that Amazon actually takes the title as the largest retailer in the U.S. Yeah, it's crazy. We knew the day would come and here we are. Exactly. So Scott, I feel like we we nailed it. We we targeted to have a slightly shorter show to just keep the meat in there and and we we have succeeded. Yeah, yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us. Don't forget if you have a second, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com. 